This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You're listening to Goodfellas Minute 103. <laughs> I know I'd go from rags to riches if you would only say you care. Hello and welcome to Goodfellas Minute, the only podcast that analyzes the Martin Scorsese picture Goodfellas one slow smoking zoom minute at a time. I'm Ron Richards and with me is Josh Flanagan. Zoom minute. And Connor Kilpatrick. How you doing? And joining us this all this week, 
in the middle of the week, here we are with our special guest, uh, Mr. Vice President and Executive Editor of Marvel Entertainment, Mr. Ryan Panagos. How you doing, Ryan? Good, fellas. How are you? <laughs> you like the good fellas. <laughs> oh, yeah. I said it again. How about that? <laughs> All right. Well, this minute starts with Maury serenading Henry, and it ends with Henry and Jimmy walking in the cold. Maury finally breaks the silence between him and Henry after Henry tells him to stop busting balls in a way that I never thought I'd expect. By changing the, the lyrics of Danny Boy to Henry Boy. Oh, Henry Boy, the pipes, the pipes, they're calling. <laughs> the fun fact is that Danny Boy was written in 1910 by Frederick Weatherly, who, hold on to your butts, Josh, was English. Yeah, I know. <gasps> I don't know how I know that, but I did know. Seems wrong, but there you it go. It does. Just They're just selling stuff to the Irish as if they haven't taken enough from them. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> So this is a great long zoom. It's it's well before we get to the long zoom. Yeah, right. Before we get to the long zoom, I, I what's funny is that so Maury breaks the silence with the national anthem of Ireland, and again, again I just have to lodge a <laughs> protest there, <laughs> which I think is funny because well not I don't think that's funny. I, I mean Ireland is funny regardless, but I never noticed Henry's sense of relief and when he collapses his head into Maury's chest. Like, I never noticed that for some reason. Like, like Henry's like, oh, thank God he's going to stop busting balls. I read it as a mix of relief and actual, like, affection. Like, he feels good because this guy he's known for now many years, it's, all right, this is this is fine. This is good. We're, we're, we're calm. Like, this guy, he may bust everybody's balls, but, you know, he's still he's still part of our little he's one crew. of us. Yeah, he's, he's one of good- us. Fella. He's a good dude. <laughs> He's a good fella. He's a decent person. So if you're Henry, do you even believe he's going to stop, even though he's singing to you? No, but he stopped for this this moment. You know, like he's he's quieted, he's whispered this storm, you know? I don't know. At this point, I, I would not be calm if I was Henry, even walking out back into the bar. Maybe, maybe it is time to whack him. That's what I would think. I think Henry knows. No, I don't think Henry knows yet. I, don't I know, but I think he knows, like, in the, like this can't continue. Irish National Ar- uh, Anthem is The Soldier's Song. Oh. Or it's actually in uh, Gaelic, and I'm not going to try to read that. <laughs> <laughs> Carrying on. You get a really good shot of Vince Gallo playing cards, by the way. So that was what I, I was going to say. Last episode, I think it was, you pointed that out. And I didn't notice them last episode. I really noticed them this episode. And I I don't know, maybe it was just the way I I couldn't tell what they were doing. I thought they were, I literally thought they were cutting something like, like, like whittling, like, hey, Vinny, you want to go down to cutting in the bar? This well, doesn't any, make sense. I like go the, down I, to Roberts, I, make some paper dolls. I like the, I, I like the idea that they have like extracurricular activities at Roberts Lounge. It's like, yeah, well, we're not, well, we're not stealing, we're murdering, we do woodworking. <laughs> they were good fellas. They like to do crafts. <laughs> you know, maybe it was just a different tool to kill someone with that they were just, you know, making shivs in prepared. the back. Yeah. Yeah, everybody wants to take a she, of course. That's just being organized. <laughs> no, but they are in fact playing cards, which apparently is all anybody ever does at this place: is that they ga- playing cards or gambling or whatever, which makes sense because yeah, they do. Yeah. What game are they playing? Pinochle. Hmm. No, I don't know. They're playing poker, right? What did, you, what did your your relatives play? Gin. Gin. I don't really see them playing gin. Spades. It's like an old hearts. lady game. They play hearts. What did your no. dad play, Ron? I don't know what my dad played. Can we talk about the wonderful slow zoom and the fact that Robert De Niro has to keep busy during it? Is this the greatest shot of the movie? It's up there. 
this week is Jimmy's week. Yep. In terms of just, well, I know that, Ron, you have a great affection for film characters who angrily smoke. Yes. <laughs> um, and I know that I know that in The Sopranos, Johnny Sack was one of your favorite angry smokers. But I've got to say that this, this shot here, this is purposeful angry smoking, thoughtful, purposeful angry smoking. And I, I don't know that it's ever been bested in cinema. Scheming. Yeah. You can see the wheels turning in his head. Well, he's terrifying. He's absolutely, uh, like... Scary as hell, right there. <laughs> is he talking to Carbone? Is that Carbone? No, that's Carbone's behind him. Who's he talking no, to? He's talking to Tommy. He's talking oh, to Tommy. right. Yeah. Well, no. What's great is that, like, after so after the after the Maury situation is settled, you get the shot of Henry hanging up his coat, and then you get they cut to the shot of Jimmy at the bar, which is almost like the prequel of the shot because it's a quick <laughs> shot of him at the bar, and then it cuts back to a shot of Maury just kind of singing to himself, being Maury, you know, at the bar, and then it starts the shot. And it's Jimmy's talking to Henry and he's watching what's going on at the bar and he takes a drag out of that cigarette. And I mean, I'm not I don't like smoking. I don't like what what the what it called the the long term effects of it, whatever. But my God, have you ever seen anyone cooler smoking a cigarette than the shot? Probably. This is is like some Cape Fear shit. Well, no, see, no, here's the thing about this shot. And I think the thing that's interesting about it is that. He could very easily hit a mustache twirling kind of effect here, but it's not. It's cold as hell. Like he's thinking about it. He's not – if you don't know what's going to happen, you're not thinking, oh, I'm going to kill that guy. But that's what he's doing. Yeah. He's going, okay, that's happened. And clearly Tommy's telling him some story because you see Mm -hmm. the head moving in the foreground. and He sort of half reacts, half smiles, whatever Tommy's saying, just so Tommy knows Mm -hmm. he's listening, but he's not listening. Yeah. It's a great performance. When he takes the first drag and the the eyebrows go up and it's a weird kind of smile, mm-hmm. like that that's the part that's spooked me out because I think he's reacting to the story, but he's watching Maury, and then he just takes the second drag. By the way, the, the second goes, one the second one is better. The second one is better. The second yeah. one is yeah, it, it, but the shot goes on for twenty three seconds of this zoom, <laughs> and so so then the question is that is this zoom as powerful without the song? Well, you can put other songs in there. Yeah, you could, but I mean, but I think the song is is important. Well, the song is important. We're going to talk about the song uh, "Sunshine Every Love" by Cream. The, I mean, this is this is the guitar rock song of the era. This is probably one of the first great guitar rock songs. I think what happens here, though, is that we talked about the doo wop music sig- signaling the good times. So when it switches to that rock, really aggressive rock, sort of proto metal almost, it's it just like, oh, that's not good. That's I mean, it's a huge signal. Uh, that, that things have turned. So let's talk about the song. Uh, 1967, it was a single. It was later included on uh, Disraeli Gears. Uh, it was by Cream. Cream is the super group, uh, the, sort of the first rock super group uh, with Eric Clapton, Ginger Baker, and Jack Bruce. It's super unique. It, it, it's like the it's the song that like everybody learns how to play guitar on. It was, you know, Freaks and Geeks, that was the band. That was the song their little band kept playing over and over again. I remember when I was learning how to play guitar, like that was the riff you learned. But not just because of that, it was good. Also, you've got Ginger Baker playing this really interesting beat that's only on the toms. He's not using the, the snare at all, which is really unusual. It's just a wonderful song. Jack Bruce wrote the riff after seeing Jimi Hendrix for the first time. So it was almost like a, uh, a tribute to Hendrix. He'd seen Hendrix and blew his mind. And then he went home right away and wrote that riff, and then they wrote the lyrics for it afterwards. No, it never made it to number one. It wasn't like a huge single, but it is number 65 on the Rolling Stones' top 500 rock songs of all time. And honestly, that feels a little low. Finally, the last thing I would say to point out is that in the solo, you have Eric Clapton playing, and we're going to hear the solo as we go through the next couple of minutes. Uh, we got Eric Clapton playing on his 1964 SG, and it was in the setting for Woman Tone. 
That's what it was called, the woman tone, and and he plays. Uh, the line is actually the same as Blue Moon. Yeah. Wow. Which is uh, yeah. That's good. This that's guitar, That's real guitar nerd shit. You went deep on guitar shit, man. Wow. I, well, I knew that. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, but the thing is, like, that is such a signal of the the different eras in this movie. The music tells you immediately what we're talking about. If you hear rock, if you hear the Rolling Stones, if you hear Cream, this is this is cocaine problems. If you hear, you know, the Shangri-Las, everything's going pretty well. It's fine. There's nothing wrong. You know, but when you hear that distorted guitar, that's a problem. Here's a, here's a follow-up question for you. Mm-hmm. Is, in fact, Eric Clapton God? Depending on who you talk to. She's asking you. <laughs> he was here. I remember seeing some graffiti. That yeah. Said yeah, no, that's, yeah, yeah, no, that's, yeah. Clapton is God. Uh, apparently, that caused some problems in some of these groups. Yeah, <laughs> I'll tell you, he might not be, but I think Ginger Baker might be, and he's an angry, vengeful god. <laughs> <laughs> I used to get Ginger Baker, and um, who's the comedian in the '60s? I have no idea what you're talking about. Now. Uh, who's <laughs> that comedian? Whatever it is, it's going to make me angry. <laughs> who's that comedian that um, that was uh, that was all uh, Lenny Bruce? I used to get Ginger Baker and Lenny <laughs> Bruce mixed up. I don't, don't ask me why. Like I said, in middle school, I would always get the two of those mixed up. I don't know why. It makes sense. It doesn't make <laughs> like, sense. That's like saying I used to get Donald Rumsfeld and Jane Judy Dench mixed up. I just I don't know why. I just felt like they were the same. Uh, what did, was there a Bruce? Was there a Jack, Jack Bruce? Jack, Jack Bruce. Bruce. That's Basically. why. Vocalist. That's why. Yeah, that's why. Well, yeah, but that's not Ginger Baker. That's a different person. I know, but for some reason, I thought Ginger Baker was the... Com- it was, I don't know. Now we got three people in the mix. I was a confused 12-year-old. I didn't understand. If, I just, just, if there's, a, there's a documentary on Ginger Baker. It's one of the best music, music documentaries I've ever seen. He is an amazing musician and a horrible human. Just a horrible human. Ryan, did you ever listen to Cream? No. No? Can't, can't say I ever really did. No, I... This was coming on last time I watched it. I stopped and I was like, I know this song. And <laughs> I looked over to my wife and I was like, Is this the Sunshine of Your Love song? Because uh, the lyrics had started. She's like, Your wife's Yeah. Doctor of Music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My wife, a uh, uh, doctor of music, uh, ethnomusicology, she just looks at me and she goes, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, yeah, I, I'm familiar with it. Uh, I just learned a lot about it. Thank you, mm-hmm. fellas. So, yeah, I never listened to this group. I have no real effect. Josh's eye is twitching. Uh, no, it, yeah, it's okay. It's always good to be able to discover something else. But it was the first rock supergroup in, in the fact that like, Clapton was the gigantic, famous guitar player. Baker and Bruce, who hated each other, had been in bands before that, really big bands. And, you know, Baker was considered to be sort of the best drummer around at the time. And they all got together and, and like, would play stadiums and stuff. And that, that hadn't happened before that. Um, and like it sounds like that, but this was actually the prototype for it. It wasn't the cliche yet. That, were any of them in the Yardbirds? Yes. <laughs> yeah. See, I know my like, shit. Oh, Eric Clapton definitely was. I think at one time, both of the other two were in the band briefly. Like, there was one of those bands like they switch people out a lot. Maybe not. Was Lenny Bruce one. in the Yardbirds? He was definitely not in the Yardbirds. Okay. okay what What did Lenny Bruce play? <laughs> he played strip clubs. Okay. <laughs> what about uh, Bust- Buster Keaton? <laughs> <laughs> Can I add something? <laughs> please, that please do. No, that, has, that has nothing to do with Goodfellas, but just to drive uh, Josh a little bit crazier. I only really enjoyed the Beatles uh, for the first time. Oh, wow. Five, six, well, now 2009 uh, was the first time I actually paid attention to them and, and listened to their records all the way through. They're pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're on something. I think they're. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, uh, 
I think they just started selling their music on the on the iTunes and such. So, so, it's, so it's now Ryan, that they're streaming, I can listen finally. So, so Ryan, I mean, we're we're talking a little more about you tomorrow, but but for those uh, listeners at home, you also grew up on the Long Island, right? I did. I did. Did, did you avoid the Long Island classic rock phase? Yeah, I, I guess I must have because I, and I had friends who definitely like w- would have probably played song these kinds of songs i can distinctly remember friends who were like learning like you were saying justin yeah. learning guitar and playing this kind of music it was i think it was a little bit more hendrix that i remember than than this cuz uh, i don't know they I, all, guess. They all, I mean that's probably my they, they all lead into each other though cuz when you're learning how to play like rock guitar you kind of go oh hendrix and clapton and you know acdc or whatever yeah, and in my short stint of like trying to learn guitar, it was just Nirvana was was really like the only thing that I was playing around that's, with. That's much easier. Sure, but I, yeah, I also I, didn't stick with it for more than a short amount of time. But yeah, I, like I just didn't. It didn't click with me. Yeah. Well, it's, it's funny because I thought I thought maybe because you grew up in Nassau, I grew up in Suffolk. I don't know. I thought it was a school district thing. Like when you got into seventh grade, you got handed. Led Zeppelin, Jimi Hendrix, The Doors, <laughs> and you had to listen to it for two years, and before you realized it was all whatever, and then uh, move well, on. The Doors is what the Doors is awful, but <laughs> we're we're a little harder edged over uh, over in Western Nassau on, on the, the, on, the mean sh- on the mean streets of Hempstead Turnpike, right? <laughs> yeah, Elmont, bro. That's uh, it ain't no joke. Listen, and, uh, without without cream, there's no hardcore. <laughs> oh, <laughs> true. <laughs> you show me a, you show me bands that that, that made a, a use of uh, distorted power chords like that before them that made any impact. I don't know about that. The Kinks, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, it's a whole another conversation. But yeah, this shot this shot is is amazing, and I think the the the, the I do, I was familiar with Cream. I did listen to them. I and I, I knew it was Sunshine of Your Love, Ryan. And um, <laughs> and I just I just can't imagine again. This is Scorsese's ability to weave in music into the shots to make it like you can't imagine it without it. You know. I sometimes wonder if like if like I I feel like having this in this movie adds to the song's mystique in the same way that you know the Rolling Stones song like Gimme Shelter does. I don't think I'd be nearly as aware of it if it wasn't for Scorsese. Or like I like I don't think when I first saw this movie I knew what the song was, but this is part of one of the things sort of imprinted on me. Like, oh, that's an important song because Scorsese used it in a movie that I saw when I was, you know, thirteen. Right. I think I think that's probably true for you, but I think it's yeah. So did you have that same feeling about Vito and the Salutations? When you were thirteen, you're like, wow, I want to know who's doing that. I wasn't. Oh, I wasn't trying to learn how to play whatever <laughs> it was they were doing there. Unchained Melody. Nope, I wasn't trying to learn that. All right. All right, well then. Uh, <laughs> I, like, I like the judgment on that. Like, I guess if you don't want to learn how to play on Chain Melody, <laughs> you do you, Josh. <laughs> so uh, we go from. So it's really interesting. To go back to the movie. Um, I, oh, the I movie. Oh, right, the movie. Okay. Yeah. Set up things we can about angry smoke. I feel like I'm. Uh, I'm better off now. From this is what happens to- when a good majority of the minute is just one long shot. Twenty-three yeah. seconds. <laughs> two drags on a cigarette. One third of the minute. One side-eye laugh at Tommy, and that's about it. <laughs> so we go from arguably the happiest and the last happy shot of Jimmy in the movie to Jimmy being back to paranoid, as, as Henry well, tells us. Before we get to him being paranoid, we get a shot of Henry walking along the streets of Queens outside. And what is he doing? Rubbing his nose. Oh, I, don't, I feel like I missed that every time it happened. Because you're so used to it with all your cocaine. I, I love coke. <laughs> Love it. It makes because it makes me feel good. It's it just you just like you can do anything. It makes me feel right? powerful. 
What's funny is that you said the streets of Queens, and as soon as they cut to that shot, I was like, that's Queens. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's no mistaking. I'd like to point out that beard and glasses guy is in the background of this shot, too. Yeah. This guy's going to vex me. I did some minor Google searching for him. Came up empty, but. Yeah, no, who, I don't know. Really who bothering me. Yeah. Do a Google search? Well, I did a minor Google search. It's a minor Google search. Just Why is he wearing sunglasses inside? He's got an eye condition. Oh, okay. He just, he just had Nikki the light. eyes? Did Nikki laces. eyes let his beard go? Maybe Nikki eyes grew a beard in the 70s. <laughs> now, you guys have, you've built up the social channels for the, the show. Can't you take a screen grab, put it up there, and let the audience help you out? Maybe there's someone there with a little bit of knowledge, a little, there's a connection. No People one who actually has, knows more than us is listening. Well, to keep, let's keep it. Let's keep it. Let, no, no. Let's keep in mind that we had the mystery mobster in the beginning of the movie was identified by the audience. Mm. So, so if you are listening, please go back to minute uh, minute one hundred three and identify who the mystery, the new mystery mobster. He's is. the one talking to Carbone. Yeah, he's sitting next to Carbone in the shot as the zoom shot is happening. He's laughing and he scratches his neck at some point. He's been in a lot, a lot of the previous minutes. He was in the party in the background. Hey, it's not Vincent Gallo. It's not Vincent Gallo. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> he seems to have been in a lot of the backgrounds. So Vincent Gallo looks, by the way, very clean cut in this movie. He's probably 16. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so they go outside in Queens, and uh, yeah, we get the first glimpse of, of, of uh, Jimmy being paranoid, but we're going to find out more about that tomorrow. Do you think that's immediately afterwards? Like, because you've yeah, got. Yeah, same coat. Yeah. But you've got Jimmy I'm who's honey. like looking, and he's he's so focused and so like the wheels are turning he's so evil almost looking no. and then he goes outside and it's like no, you're right. it's not immediately after it's the next day yeah probably because then they go inside the club again and there's it's a different day and also and jimmy's wearing a different tie and yeah. suit so yeah. people tend to wear the same coat more than one day in a row Listen, I had a freeze frame on the coat but it's this it's a different day because it leads into the next scene which is yeah. clearly a different day yeah, which right. we'll, we'll talk about more. All right, so anything else in this minute? Fuck count was zero. Fuck count was zero, okay. Well, that's going to be it for the week. We're going to head to the stratosphere. Ryan, anything else to add? No, I'm good. Where can people find you on the internet if they like your uh, observations about the Beatles? Uh, the Twitter and the Instagram. I'm Agent M. And uh, yeah, very simple, to the point. All right, well, that's going to wrap it up for minute 103. Tune in tomorrow for minute 104 to find out what Jimmy and Henry talk about. Um, until then, you can follow us on Twitter at Goodfellas Minute and on Instagram and Facebook at Goodfellas Minute. And you can find all of our previous episodes and links to subscribe to the show over at GoodfellasMinute.com. You can also find how to support the show by going over to Patreon.com slash GFM, where you can sign up to support the show directly. If you sign up at the $10 or higher level, you get an awesome swag bag of Goodfellas Minute stickers and pins that were made especially for you. They fell off the back of a truck, and they're going to land right at your doorstep. And, of course, uh, if you sign up to, on Patreon, you get your own mob name. And on Friday, we will be, for the select uh, patrons who sign up at the right level, we'll be d- opening the books and giving them their mob name on Friday. So make sure to tune in for that. If you have any questions or any uh, comments about Cream or Lenny Bruce, you can email us at contact at goodfellowsminute.com. Until next time, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to take up smoking. No one would blame you. I'm going to take up Coke. <laughs> I feel amazing. <laughs> Ryan, are you going to start wearing two coats? Always two coats. Or will I go from a rag to return? My fate is up.